don't lose that. Lovely. Hello, everyone. It's Claire Riley, and I'm here with the beautiful Christine Ugger. I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, totally good. Hi, Hi everyone. <laughs> so um, this is a really bit of a random thing that we have sort of just decided to do. So Christine and I met at uh, an online networking event with Suzanne Kohlberg, uh, what, probably two months ago now. It feels like yeah. forever ago. Um, and we just had the most incredible conversation. I think we had 10 minutes or so. It was like speed dating and we were one of the matched pairs of three um three different sessions that we sort of had and it was just I don't know a bit of an explosive conversation I can't even remember exactly what we talked about but we just knew that we had to come over and share something and do something and all that sort of thing so we're kind of here to have a bit of a chat about all different things but before we jump in do you want to just introduce yourself and I'll introduce myself and we'll Make sure everyone knows who the heck we actually are before we start carrying on about things. <laughs> awesome, that sounds good. <laughs> so um, I work with, so I'm a coach, I'm an NLP mindset coach, an energy healer and a medium. I don't even know if I shared that with you. Did I share that with you? I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I knew the medium bit, no. <laughs> yeah, so I work with highly sensitive women, like empaths, uh, coaches, healers that um really want to learn how to manage their emotions better and so I support them to do that so that they can be less impacted by the energy of other people around them and just mm. be able to have really amazing strategies to connect with their body's wisdom so that they can really awaken and amplify their intuition and be guided from that inner guidance system. Mm. So beautiful. I think we all need a bit of that um, whether or not you um identify as a highly sensitive person or an empath or something we all can totally be completely affected and impacted good and bad obviously but by other people and whatever's going on around us and that sort of thing so the world needs you and I'm super glad that I get to share you with my people as well so um, yeah it's awesome to have you here um, so for anyone who doesn't know I'm on my page so hopefully we know each other somehow but I'm Claire and I'm just going to describe myself as a professional Virgo at the moment because um, that's kind of the space that I'm in. Everything is about making things really organized and really strategic and really structured, which is kind of the exact opposite things that you talk about, which is why <laughs> we want to talk about how it all works together and all that sort of thing. So um, it's been a really interesting conversation that we, that I've certainly been having and I assume you have, and we kind of had this conversation a month ago when we chatted as well was about that, the, um, finding a balance between being, you know, planful and structured and strategic versus going with the flow and your intuition and tapping into your innate wisdom and all of that sort of thing and how that actually can marry and what the imbalances look like and all that sort of thing. So I guess I'm going to hand over to you initially, if that's okay, to sort of yeah. talk about what you, like how do you see the masculine versus feminine stuff in business and how does it show up and all of that sort of thing? Yeah. So I might start a little bit with my story, um, just so I can give you a bit of background of yeah. like the, where I came in from and how it all shifted for me. So initially I was a super high, well, a super high achiever. Like I'm sure that you can relate to that. <laughs> and you've got a lot of people in your community can relate to that can relate to that. And I very much lived in my masculine energy a lot of my life. Like, um, and pushed away the feeling stuff mm. and would just like push through and it was so much in the doing energy. Um, I, so after my kids, I had postnatal depression and severe anxiety. Mm. And a big part of what I think led to that was this needing to be a superwoman, a super mm -hmm. mom, having to like, I wanted to be like the perfect mum. Like it was like needed to needing to be the perfect everything, that whole perfectionist um, space. And my husband was working like we had a, he had a business. He was working sometimes seven days a week, 14 hours a day. So I felt really isolated. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I had people around me, but um, I really wasn't fulfilled being like I, I needed to be in business. Like I knew I wanted to do a business. Mm. I wanted to be in business. I wanted to build a business. So at the time I was studying cake decorating and I built a cake decorating business from home. And yeah. so they would go to sleep and I would be studying and I would be making cakes up to like all hours of the morning. It was crazy. I pushed myself 
so, so hard and I really got burnt out. Um, and then something happened with my son where he stopped breathing when he was about three weeks old, my second son, and that triggered severe anxiety for me. So I, and, and it was kind of like that, you know, that point in time where you're just like, I need to slow, something needs to change. Mm. I need to slow down. Yeah. So went to see a psychologist. She helped me so much, um, but it wasn't quite enough. And so she suggested that I look into becoming a life coach so that I went down that avenue and that helped me so, so much. Mm. And so from there I went into a business and I worked as a coach inside of this coaching business. And um, I was doing all the sales calls, all the enrollment calls, because that was kind of my background. I was like an account manager in my previous life before kids. And so that helped me a lot with that, but it was still, I was still very much in the masculine energy. So I was still in the pushing learning how to flow into that feminine energy of like allowing myself space mm. rather than just like total, like full on pressure, doing, doing, doing all the time. And then from there I moved into another business. I trained as an energy medicine practitioner using a um, modality called soul psychology. And so I went into that business and became the global trainer and I was training that certification mm. um, globally, like online. And that was so much fun. And I was still doing all the sales and enrollment calls for the business, helping with the marketing. So I was pretty much like jumping into other people's businesses. Mm. And like I had so much faith in them and what and the product that I could easily sell. But when it came to me, I it's like I I didn't there was like not and I wasn't valuing myself. I didn't know how to put myself out there. So um, anyway, within the Energy Medicine Institute, I really found that I was moving more into the feminine energy and learning how to just give myself space, honour my needs, listen to my body. I was clearing a lot of trauma, like um, trauma from this lifetime, but also past lives, if that's something that you're believing, if that's not, just ditch that. <laughs> um, but Instead of like what started to become more important than the expectations and the sense of like living up to this perfect mum, this perfect wife, this perfect everything, um, pleasure and joy became more of value. Mm -hmm. And so I learned how to kind of like weave them both in together. And that's when I decided to build my business. And I guess what I want to share is like, despite our gender, we all have like masculine yeah. and feminine energies yep. within us. And then you'll find like in some areas of your life, you might be more in the masculine energy and that doing, doing, doing energy, but then yeah. in other areas you'll be in the feminine. Can you relate to that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um, it, like, I'm also a bit obsessed with anything to do with um, personality types and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, the shoes off mode sort of thing as well. So sometimes the shoes off mode is more feminine, but then in certain situations, for example, you might need to put your masculine on. Like if you're in a, a like a more of a corporate role or if you're striving for a goal or if you're putting some new project in or whatever, that sort of thing. So it's kind of like you need to be able to be flexible to switch both of them on and off, you know, for which like whatever sub project that you are even doing yeah. like within life or business. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. So I think like when I was thinking about what we'd talk about, I kind of pulled out like what uh, being more in the masculine energy, like a couple of examples that I think everyone can relate to, um, especially in business. And one of those things was like, I thought about what, energy like the masculine energy looks like in its shadow aspect so when it's really imbalanced and you know that looks like always being on like that point yeah. of like we're always on to where you're really not listening to to your body you're not listening to your body signals of you know telling you that you need to slow down you're not scheduling any in you're not scheduling in any downtime yeah and you're pushing and there's like so much pressure yeah is that something that you find a lot with your clients? Yeah, it is. And it's um, interestingly, I just finished reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle as well. And she described something so perfect. It was a hit, hit home so much where when um, in her new relationship that her now wife was lying on the couch, like in the middle of the day watching television and that she would come in and be like, 
huffing and puffing and kind of stomping around and, and in her head, all she could think about was like, oh, it must be nice to be able to take a take a, an hour off and lie on the couch and rah, rah, rah. And I felt like that was so me and so many of my relationships and so many of my judgments of other people earlier on that like that whole, um, uh, and it probably came from childhood as well, but that laziness and that idleness is, you know, anything that is unproductive is a waste of time and it's laziness and it's gluttony and it's all these sort of things. And it was so um, drenched in shame and um, uh, what's the other word? Like it just, like it was just a really, really bad thing for you to be able to stop and, and not be striving all the time. Yeah. Like, you, like, what's wrong with you? You've, you've always got to be moving to something new. And yeah, I think that's a really, really big thing is that um, we talked about this yesterday as well, is that um, a lot of us women in particular attach our worth to our outputs. Right? So if I'm, if I'm not outputting, if I haven't got something to show for what I actually have been working on for the last eight hours, then I'm a failure and I'm I, like, I should just go and get a job or that sort of thing. Hundred percent, and I love that you said that it came from childhood as yeah. well. Like I totally relate to that. That like you're lazy if you're not doing something. Yeah. So and that's that whole push, right? And when you said that, I just remembered thinking back to like um, my parents' relationship. So my dad was a pharmacist. He had his own business. He passed away three years ago. So um, he, um, him, and my mum. I just remember them arguing a lot because. And it was always about business. Like she had all of these, ex and I love her to death. And she was not ever coming from a horrible place. Like she's yeah. a kind-hearted person, but it's just, she just was not resourced enough to know any other way. Yeah. Um, and she was all like a real go-getter, like always doing something like that real high expectations of herself and really mm. pushed herself really hard on herself. So I know a lot of my stuff came from her attitude yep. and, and how she was in in life whereas I look at my dad and I always remember her saying you don't know how to run a business you don't know how to run a business oh. and so and he wasn't phased don't worry um he'd, he'd just laugh it off and go to sleep um but I think it's really interesting as a child when you are witnessing uh other people's belief systems yeah, around yeah. business and around yeah. laziness and yeah. what it, you know, what it means to slow down and what it means yeah. to give yourself a break because it can really impact us. And we, sometimes we don't even realize why we're pushing ourselves so hard mm. and that it's come from that, like those generational belief systems yeah. that are like even handed down past our parents, like oh, our parents sure. yeah. how they were. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, something that mum said to me, I, I probably completely off the cuff, but I remember her saying it quite often, especially when I was little. And I don't really know what the whole situation was or if she was feeling this way or whatever, but she always said, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And when I questioned that, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, people who are busy are always doing things. They're more likely to finish something. People who sit around doing nothing, like they're just going to continue doing nothing. So if you need someone to help you, ask someone who's already busy. And uh, when I think about that now as a, a, a a perpetual people pleaser and someone who I'm like I had until several years ago very very tied in um, to my self-worth was being validated by helping other people and by being useful and that sort of thing and so I see how somewhere in there I had a belief like the busier I am the more helpful I can be and the more people will ask for and accept my help when I offer it if I'm already busy so I was always busy I was always doing something and I was always quite frustrated and um, um, I guess frustrated by seeing people who weren't doing that. I was like, but what do you mean you've got free time? Like I was, you yeah. know, in my early twenties, I worked three jobs. I'd go get up at, you know, six o'clock, go to my seven o'clock to five o'clock job, um, finish there. I used to work in a shop. So I'd do my, and I was a manager. So I'd manage the shop five days a week from eight to 7.30 to five o'clock or whatever, shut the shop, go across the road. I worked in a restaurant. I was an awful waitress. So they put me in the bar, but I'd worked in the bar from about six till 10 once the restaurant shut down, I drive into the city and work in a nightclub until three o'clock in the morning. And that was just my routine. And then like, that's just sort of what I did. And then when I wasn't doing that, I would be working full time and studying full time and starting a business or, you know, or like I've just, I used to just fill every single second with stuff. And if I wasn't doing things, I like, I didn't even watch television or anything like that because it felt idle. It felt, you know, wrong. The only thing that I really allowed myself to do back then was read books and I read them on mass <laughs> that was my only kind of downtime but that still felt like I was still being productive I was still ticking yeah. a box and I could still look at the stack of books on my bookshelf that I'd already read 
at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just yeah. being, there was always a, a, a goal that had to be hit. Yeah. And it was really, it's a really big one, right? But that whole, yeah, like there's so many of those little stories and some of them, like I said, are just throwaway lines that someone said about, you know, being lazy or being productive or what it meant and all that sort of thing that are just so deeply ingrained. Now that I've, you know, got the self-awareness and I've done the work and that sort of thing, I see where they've come from and I can call the bullshit on them. But yeah, it's, it's a big process, right? It's a big <laughs> process. And, and that was one big thing too. Like I remember my mum always saying, you're lazy. Like I just remember that, like it was a thing for her because she didn't give herself permission to have a break. So yeah. anyone yeah. that was having a break was deemed as lazy, right? Yeah. And I love that you said ticking off a box because that was another thing that I kind of thought of. That was one thing that was huge and I think it's a big thing with overachievers and people that do connect their worth to their outcome, like to their output yeah. um, and, you know, to what they, like to their productivity because, you know, we can have there's always something to do, right? And mm. like, we can always find something to do, especially if you're a list lover. Like, I don't know about you, but I love this. Hello, I'm a virgin. Yeah. It's my life. I write lists of the lists I'm going to write. <laughs> I just, and I, I remember like, I remember this period of time in my life where there was always a list and like, I'd tick a couple of things off, but then I'd add double that amount on. And this list was pages and pages. And I, I don't know what actually was in my mind, but I thought that I was going to get to all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I remember my coach at the time just really helping me shift out of that need to, like, write everything down. Yeah. And so this, like, idea of, like, being stuck in all the detail and it can really keep you so stuck in the busy stuff in business and it can stop you from making the time... Um, to schedule in those like high impact tasks, those high priority tasks, because you can waste so much time on the busy crap. Like, do you know what I'm saying? When I'm yeah, talking yeah, about absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a really good place to hide because if you yeah. are busy all the time and you're, you feel like you're ticking a heap of stuff off that are inconsequential tasks that don't really move the needle a lot, but you still feel like, but you got a heap done. And so I didn't have time to do that big thing that would have actually made an impact. And, and it's a really nice place to, it's, it's like that fear of failure. What if I actually do the work that I actually need to do that actually yields the results? I might actually be successful or it might actually fail or I might actually make money or people might actually see what I'm doing or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's almost like a tool for procrastinating, like doing more stuff. Definitely. Procrastinating doesn't necessarily have to be doing nothing. Procrastinating can be doing just more of the wrong shit, basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's an avoidance, right? Like the way that you're describing yeah. it too, it's like it's a real avoidance of the things that will make that bigger impact, like you said, because of that fear of failure. I know one of those things for me, because I've only like been in my own business for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that um, I found really hard was the relationship building. Like everyone talking about relationship building is like the key to your business. And I hated Facebook because mm -hmm. I felt like it drew, it sucked all the energy out of me. Like I didn't know how to hold myself in a place where I, like I wasn't impacted by all the kind of things that you see going through the scroll and like being in those Facebook groups. Um, and the one thing that really helped me with, with that was learning to set an intention before I go in. So I had a really clear, I, till now, I have a really clear intention yep. before I jump on Facebook. So I'm not wasting time and I'm just, I can quickly filter because I know what I'm going in there for. Yeah. So that was a huge one for me. And, and in terms of relationship building, so spending time in there, having those conversations, like those in private messages or in Facebook groups or in, I love Instagram. So and I love that there's a vo like the voice option because I feel like you can really um, have some amazing conversations and, and connect there. But I think with the um, coming back to like the avoiding and going to all like the busy stuff, um, a lot of that I feel can be a distraction from uh, being with yourself because I think I know, and I know this is true for me and it's true for a lot of my clients is sometimes you don't feel safe in the space. Sometimes you don't feel safe in the being because it's the time where your mind can be on overdrive. Yep. And all of that, that inner chatter happens and all of that nasty self-talk happens. So um, distracting yourself with always things to do is a really great way to kind of get out of your head and listen to 
what's actually happening. So it's also kind of a protection mechanism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that um, that applies to to everything. Like that's why it's so hard to switch off and to not be busy all the time. And, and even, you know, even if you're lying on the couch watching Netflix, that's still kind of a, a distraction, right? But it's, um, I think what often happens, we are talking about this with someone recently as well, is that when you do whatever it is and often it does come out of a bit of a crisis or a bit of a shit storm or something's gone wrong and it's kind of like um like the catalyst for you to stop bullshitting yourself about things like this right so often that sort of thing happens and then whatever kind of epiphany comes in or you see something or you finally um acknowledge that something's not quite right or it's not aligned or something you can't unsee it and once you've had that once it's really scary to go back there again sometimes right because you're like no 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 no. if I just stay over here and I'm busy then I can ignore all that other shit because I just can't I just don't want to deal with it I don't want to have that difficult conversation I don't want to have the have to make that difficult decision I don't want to have to deal with that whatever so it's a really nice place to stay over here and be busy and that sort of thing where actually once this is dealt with this stuff over here becomes completely irrelevant anyway right but it's kind of like you've kind of got to trust the process but you can't trust the process until you do the process (laughs) 100% so and it's like being you're you're so right there like I I love I love how you just explain that um and and it's like I think as well like in that busyness too just to add to that um with when you're so used to doing something there is a sense of security in that familiar way of being and so just being able to be a little bit open and willing to change to see how you can do it differently because sometimes it is so scary because you don't know what to do like you're not resourced enough to deal with and if you've been avoiding it for so long Mm. then the moments in time where you do say i'm just going to give myself some time to relax and then all of a sudden you're flooded with yep. all of the things that you weren't listening to. Mm. And you can think that by keeping yourself busy, it's going to go away, but actually it gets louder. Like yeah. your intuition is always talking to you. Mm. And so I found with me that the way, if I wasn't listening to it, which I wasn't ever listening to it mentally, <laughs> um, it would manifest as pain. Like it would manifest mm. in my body as like, literally I had, I have PCOS but I used to have cysts rupturing in my ovaries regularly and I'd be hospitalized and I still wasn't listening. I could, yeah. I would still keep pushing. I got to a point where like I had heel spurs and I couldn't stand on my feet for more than five minutes at a time. And I still wasn't listening. Yeah. Like I still, I didn't eat. I remember my kids were young and I wouldn't even wake my husband up because I think I oh, like he's more, his job's more important. He's bringing in the money. He's got to get up for work. So I would get up knowing that I needed to stretch before I even walked. And I was making it worse because I was just pushing, pushing, pushing instead of listening to what my body was actually trying to tell me and change my ways. Yeah. I love the, the quote that says something like, if you don't listen when it's a whisper, it will eventually start screaming. And, you know, and I think it takes a couple of those being screamed at moments for you to go, okay, I like, I know that I've ignored this and I know that I've made it worse. And, you know, the problems just being exacerbated because I was being a bit of a dick and pushing through and trying to be a warrior about it rather than just, you know, doing what was actually needed and that sort of thing. Um, And I guess the, the, the tricky things are once you've done that is to be able to identify the whispers and not just be not push those aside and like not wait until it gets to the scream sort of thing and go, okay, this is a thing. Uh, And usually it's like, for me at the moment, it just feels more like an imbalance. It just feels like, Oh, like six months ago I was kind of bounding around and I felt like I was over here and now I feel like a bit flat, like what's missing. So I can like have that sort of self-awareness at that point rather than waiting until I get deathly ill yeah, yeah. Um, and the same sort of thing. But having said that, it still happens sometimes, you know, it's still, you of still course. get to the point like where you go, oh yeah, I probably should have, I probably should have had a sleep sometime in the last two weeks. You know? <laughs> and you know what, we're human. And sometimes when you hear it, because I guess when I moving into like the medium shit and just being able to hear so much, like my intuition, like I literally like will hear word for word when it comes to 
like that's how I download my strategies and all mm. it's like literally I just sit there with a piece of paper and it's like floods through me right yeah. but there's so many times that I don't want to listen to my intuition yeah, because totally. it's telling me to do something yeah. that I don't want to do like yeah. you know the personality me doesn't want to do my ego is resisting yeah. um and I won't do it right but then I'll get to a point where it's like you talked about it, this whisper turning into a scream. I like this analogy where, um, you know, it, it, your intuition talks to you, like it whispers first. And if you don't hear the whisper, then it slaps you in the face. And if you don't feel the slap in the face and do something about it at that time, then you get hit by a truck. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think of it like that. And I usually will, not usually, but there's a lot of times where I will wait until the slap in the face, like, because I hear the whisper and I still just want to do what I want to do anyway because it feels familiar, right? And it feels <laughs> safe and I don't want to, like, move out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and, like, we're human. But, like, there's a, it's like there's a challenge at every part of that journey, whether mm. it's, like, starting to listen to the body and then realising, oh, okay, something's going wrong here. Or for me, it's meditating. If I, yeah. I meditate every single day and that's like, it just grounds me. And I feel like that was the biggest part of what was missing when I was in that pushing mode mm. and in mo like my real masculine energy and ignoring the feminine was the fact that um, I didn't feel connected. Like I mm. felt like I had no connection to, and, and that was part of the isolation I think mm. too like really feeling yeah. connected inside yeah. connected to something greater than you yeah. because then you're like divinely guided like you the information flows when you're listening and it all comes through the body right like how this body is a vessel for our um our soul like it's how we receive our soul guidance through like like tingle tingling in our in our hands or like a little, I was just talking to a client yesterday and she was telling me, and this used to happen to me ages ago when the mediumship started coming in because I wasn't listening. She get, she gets pain in her ear. Like it's like physical pain, like yeah. listen to me. Yeah. And then once she listens, then the pain goes away. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, if, is that something that you can relate to? Because I know empaths can feel really like it's a physical um communication sometimes look to be honest i'm kind of i feel like i know there's something bigger and more and at, at times i've felt really connected to it but at the moment i'm kind of i'm, I'm doing the equivalent of sticking my fingers in my ear and going la 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 <laughs> um and and i know and i as i said i've got the self-awareness i know that that's what i'm doing and i'm allowing myself to do it but i also have had lots of messages and i feel so blessed to be in a um in a space where i'm surrounded by women who call me on my bullshit and who are much more connected to everything than I am, who often just send me a little nudge. And sometimes I'll get a call, a text message out of the blue from someone completely random, or I'll be in an actual session with someone and it's the same message over and over again. So it's like, it's like, I notice it a lot when I'm not listening to obviously what's coming directly, it comes through everyone else, but it will be, you know, someone will tell you, someone will mention the name of a book and then in the next two days 15 people send you a message saying you've got to read this book and you're like fine I'll fucking read the book then right yeah it's like it takes that sometimes like I feel I'm probably still in that space of of being really connected and being um looking um still kind of externally but being really open to all of that sort of thing you know, yeah. I see the patterns and I, you know, have to see it once or twice. I'm like, fine, I'm listening. All right. I'll tuck my toys out of the cot or concentrate and pay attention to what's going on here. Um, but yeah, I think the, there was a really interesting thing that happened probably um, almost two years ago now that I had cellulitis in my head, which was this random thing. Like I just, I woke up one morning and I'm like, what's going on with my face? And my whole forehead was like raised. I look like that guy out of Star Trek with the big forward thing right and I had to go to the doctor I ended up going to hospital and being on a drip and it was this awful oh, awful wow. thing and um it was kind of scary like you know Dr Google of course you have to go and check oh that is the worst doctor. look up cellulitis <laughs> oh, no. awful, awful. <laughs> off your head like yeah. cellulitis in your head was basically do not collect go do not collect two hundred dollars you know get to hospital sort of thing and then within you know it got worse so I did go to hospital and whatnot but I was explaining it to a couple of girlfriends and most of whom are, you know, much more in the spiritual kind of realm than I am. And one, one, um, one of my friends messaged me around the same time. I don't even know that she'd seen this. She's like, it's just like you've got so much in your head that it's, it's just exploding. Like your head is literally, it's, you know, figuratively, you've got so much in your head that your head feels like it's exploding, but it's like actually manifested in your head, literally exploding. And I was like, that is exactly what's happening. Cause I had, 
within this sort of time where I just had so much going on, some really big decisions to make, some really big changes to make to my entire life and that sort of thing. And it was like my body just physically manifested exactly what was actually going on kind of metaphorically. Yeah, absolutely. When that happened, I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, right. I need to. That was a bit of a truck-like moment. It was a truck-like moment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I love that. Like, I I love that you are so aware because I think that's highly intuitive in itself. Like being aware of those universal signs and mm. the synchronicities. Like it's so beautiful when you are receiving messages that way. Like you're seeing repetitive patterns or repetitive, mm. whether it's a book or whether it's whatever it is. Um. Whether it's a symbol, it's funny sometimes when it's a symbol because you kind of wonder, you need to work out what, what the meaning of it is. Mm. But it's good when it's a book because it's pretty clear on what it's the message is. For me, it's a word. And I'm so, like, I'm so in love with words. We play dictionary games, like, in my family and those sort of things. Like, words and the English language just, uh, just like, I just love them so much. So it's no surprise that often I feel like I get them just by words. And, and often it's like, a word just gets stuck in my head, either that I've never heard of before or that I have heard of before, but I haven't heard anyone say it. I haven't read it in a book. It's just come into my head. And it's like, it's like when you have the, um, like a song gets stuck in your head. It's like just a word. And this word just plays over and like just a word go away. What? And then as soon as I'm finally sick of having this word in my head for three days and I go and check it out and look at a few different, like the symbology of the word or what it actually means or what's behind it. And you're like, Ah, why didn't I just listen to that the first time? Then it probably could have stopped irritating me even like overnight and I'll wake up and the first thing I think at three o'clock in the morning is that bloody word that means nothing consciously, <laughs> but it actually, you know, had some sort of thing. So there is some sort of meaning. Yeah, it's really interesting to be aware of how you're, you know, and I've done the little quizzes about what sort of player you are, what's like yeah. clairvoyant, clairvoyant, all that sort of thing. And I think that's really interesting. And so that's, I guess, kind of, so do you see the word or do you hear the word? I hear it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I hear it. I'm very yeah. clear. And that's how mine started for me. So I'd be in like processes with my coach and I'd just be like, I'm just seeing a word. Like I'm just hearing a word. Sometimes I'd see it, but most of the time I'd hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's how it all started for me. And then it's just like, and that's what I used to start doing. I would like, used to do, I would um, go and Google the word and specific, I used to get animals a lot. So I'd yep. go and have a look what the spirit animal mean, mm-hmm. what meaning is, and then like pull out whatever kind of resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really fun, like starting to develop your intuition like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. It's quite cool. Yeah. And I think like for me, I was really lucky when I started my business that I worked with that my clients by and large were in that sort of space. They're very creative, very spiritual, very connected, that sort of thing. And I came in with the business stuff, like the strategy and the organization and the whatever, but in doing that sort of thing and just understanding who I was working with and how their business worked and what they did with their clients, that I kind of got like a baptism of fire over the space of a year sort of thing where beforehand I was a bit like, what, what are they talking about? What a heap of like, what? hippies you know that sort of thing and then after a year I was like oh my god I get it now and it really yeah. kind of made sense because I I had so much um so many um almost not sessions with people but just by virtue of working with them that I understood how they did things and what they did and, and it was just a massive download of information with that sort of thing and I think the really nice thing about about that sort of thing is that it doesn't like if one what one person does as a tool or as a modality or as a even their their set of language um uh, that they use around whatever it is that they do if that doesn't make sense it doesn't mean it doesn't exist it's just the wrong vehicle for you to kind of tap into like i've tried eft so many times and i just don't get it and it's to the point that it frustrates me and i will never do it again because it just it's just not for me and i'm okay with that um but there's other things that haven't worked for other people that I'll rant and rave about because they've been so effective and that sort of thing. But I was really blessed to work with um, a woman who was a, um, an intuitive business coach when I was first starting. And I was like, I'm, I'm this and I've like, I've got my shit together and I've blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, whatever. And she kind of gave me, um, she asked me the right questions. was probably the best thing that made me also understand like, oh, it's not actually what's important. Like I don't have to have everything perfect and I don't have to have my ducks in a row and I don't have to have blah, blah, and I don't have to have a perfect title for myself before I can put myself out there. Like those sorts of things. 
um, rather than just being very strategic and doing your business plan and sticking to it, but actually tapping into what do I want from this business? What's the purpose? What am I actually going to spend my time doing that I, that will light me up, not just help everyone else, yeah. you know? And I feel like I was really, really lucky to have those sort of people in my corner yeah. rather than in the previous businesses I'd started, which were very much more like, well, here's the hundred page business plan and you fill this out and then you give this to the bank and you get the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's how I thought you did it. And then someone said, no, 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 you can start making money before you, um, before you spend any and you don't have to have it all planned out. Like let's just work out the next two weeks and we'll figure it out after that. Yeah. And going, Oh, well that feels better. And you know, it's like trust the process thing because I'd never done that process. I couldn't trust it. And then once I was like, Oh, I better, I'll do it then fine. Yeah. And then it works. You're like, oh. <laughs> and it's that, oh, it right? It's like what feels good for you. If that's how you know, like, what is in alignment with you. It's not trying to um, push through something that feels really crap and you know it's not for you. Yeah. But you keep trying to push through because you know that it's worked for that person and that person. And so you, like, move into that comparing space. Yeah. 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 Um, as you were talking, the other thing that came up um, that I was thinking about was you, this... So, like, moving from that place of, like, being so strategic to the opposite of where you are, like, resisting strategy mm. because you are just, want, like, you're intuitive. And um, and this is, like, when I moved from, I'm such an extreme person. Like, I go from all or nothing. So, it was, like, all masculine energy to, like, all feminine energy. I don't want to have a look at strategy. I don't want to, like, I don't want everything to be a certain way. I just want to go with the flow and allow what comes. And then that like being in that extreme doesn't work either because when you're resisting like strategy because it feels too rigid and you're relying only on your intuition the way that i've learned to see that is um to, like to shift my mindset around this resistance to strategy was to see that strategy and structure um is can you can see it as a container like it's a container to hold yeah. the ideas mm -hmm. Because re resisting that strategy, I found what was happening was like I was creating all of this content mm. and none of the messaging was aligned. Yeah. So it was like I'm getting all of these ideas and I'm sharing them, but it's all really scattered and yeah. it's just like because one day I feel like this and so I'm sharing this and then the next day I'm feeling like this and, and it's just there's no higher level strategy when it mm. comes like no content strategy, no like business model. So it's just so super scattered. Yeah. So like one extreme, like that over masculine, like the imbalanced masculine or the imbalanced feminine, like there's, there's a lot of shit things to both, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like learning to find that balance um, between the two because I, I found the other thing too when it came to like content and like just trying to do everything solely intuitively and like not having a container yeah. or a strategy was that um, I would be super inspired and I know this happens to a lot of intuitives because I hear this from my clients too, is I'd be super inspired. Like there's this period where I'd be really inspired and I just get so much information and then I'd go and share it all instantly because it was coming through and I was inspired. And then you just have like a dead period. Yep. Like motivation's gone. And there's, because there's been no prep and there's no like strategy and there's no like, there's, I haven't scheduled any content in ahead and you don't have to, I mean, some people do, but you don't have to schedule in content like six months in advance. You could. That wouldn't work for me. That would kill my life. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like scheduling out a month in advance feels good because then when I'm inspired, I'll like take a photo of my journal, stick it in the document, and then there's a point, like I'm starting to learn the way that I work. Yep. Then I'll go back to that and be like, okay, so what can I do with this? And then have it there, schedule it in. So even if I'm not inspired for two weeks, it's okay. Exactly. Because there's stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I often ask um, like groups, especially big groups of people, like why aren't you doing X as often as you'd like to, whether it's blogging, social media content, planning, reporting, you name it. It doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah. Um, I invariably get half the people who are like, oh, because I procrastinate, because I don't know how, because I don't have the support, because I don't have the time, all those sorts of things. But then there's also a group of people who say, oh, no, I never do that because I need to go with the flow and all that sort of thing. And my question to both groups, but especially the ones who are like, no, 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 I don't need any structure, is, is it working for you now? And yeah. invariably the answer is from most yeah. of them, no, it's not working. Because exactly like you said, I get these 
bursts of inspiration and creativity and it's all systems go and it's amazing and there's downloads and I've got output and blah, blah, blah. But then there's a dead period and I've got nothing to anchor to, right? Yeah, exactly. When you have some sort of structure or um, strategy or whatever, it means that you don't have to stress and you, when you're in that down period, you're like, oh, I'm in a down period. Cool. Everything's going to keep ticking along as usual. Yeah. That's fine. Otherwise, that's when you get these massive peaks and troughs in your business and in your energy and it kills your self-esteem because you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then five minutes later, you're down here going, what the fuck just happened? What am I going to do? This sucks. I hate my life. I hate my job. My business sucks. I'm never going anywhere. And having those kind of safety nets at those points is where you can go, oh, this is shit. But actually, you're still hearing PayPal ping every couple of days because there's something in place that people can still find you and all that sort of like whatever, whether we're talking marketing and that sort of thing. But it just takes the pressure out of having to be on all the time. Like we talked yeah. about before, having those things um, set in place, whether it's having an accountability buddy or a VA or a workflow or a schedule that is um, that you can even follow that you don't even have to pre-schedule, but it just says, Oh, I can't be bothered doing this today. You go to your plan. What am I supposed to be doing? Fine. I'll do those three things and go, on, you know, go on rather than going, this isn't this is awful and you don't have the mental space or clarity or motivation to work out what you need to do and do it yeah. how much nicer is it when you can just rock up and just do it you don't have to do the thinking part of it you know so much better and it's just like it's this idea of like setting yourself up for success yeah rather than setting yourself up for failure because you know that that's going to happen like you know that there's going to you can't be on and inspired all the time yeah and you would but it would be bloody exhausting like and it's and that gets overwhelming and it gets messy and everything like you just feel really scattered yeah. um because and it's it's funny that just remind me like i had a client come um come to me about a month ago and she's like i want to um awaken my intuition because that was the messaging at the time in last class that I did I want to awaken my intuition and I want to be always I want to be always receiving I want to be mm. always open I want to be always channeling and then like when we really had a look at the ecology of that like realistically that is going to be exhausting mm. it's going to be just as exhausting as feeling uninspired and trying to pull inspiration as it would to complete like it's like everything is about balance right it's like and also realizing that we go through cycles like there yes. is a you know there's a time to plan there's a time to take action there's yeah. a time to rest like totally pause and there's a time to reflect and for me that was huge yeah. learning that i actually had i could give myself permission yeah. to be in those different parts of the cycle rather yeah. than always being on yeah, I love talking about the cycles, especially especially when it comes to do with business, but like with everything, if it applies to your business, it applies to everything else, right? And it's the kind of seasonal thing. So when it's spring, everything's in growth mode, everything's beautiful and inspiring. And then it's summer, it's like, right, we need to make hay while the sun shines or whatever that saying is and, you know, yeah. reap the rewards. And then it goes into autumn where you're like planning for the hibernation and then there's the dead period. And sometimes you can go through that whole seasonal cyclical thing in a day or an hour yeah. or within a project or over the space of a year or a month or whatever and when you're in autumn with your business you might be in spring with your love life or you might be in winter with your um with what's happening in your home but in summer with you being a parent like and it's totally okay to allow that and it's almost like it almost works better when you um, when you when you can obviously see what's going on, but give yourself permission to be in a different season across everything, because then you you have the peaks and troughs, but they're kind of like they all balance each other out, right? Yeah. When I do things like this, going back to being super the masculine sort of things with um, when we do launch planning and calendar planning on a micro level with my clients, we often talk about um, at any time. So we have like a calendar, if you think of a calendar, but across there we've got what you're delivering, what you're launching, and what you're creating. Because oftentimes what happens is we're like, all right, I'm launching this thing. But as I'm launching it, I'm also creating the thing that I'm about to deliver. But I'm still delivering that thing that I launched last month. And you end up with this like stack. So for a month, you're like all up here because you've got so much that you're trying to do. And then after that period's finished, you go into this like easy thing and you're like, there's nothing to do. I'm not launching anything. I've finished the delivery and I've done the creation. 
and then you sort of not, you feel like you're sort of spinning your wheels and you're not you kind of I don't know it sort of feels like you're looking around going like what the hell just happened like I just came out of a whirlwind whereas when you can go okay well I can't be creating this thing because I'm going to be putting all my energy into launching or you know well I, I don't want to be um you know trying to start a new relationship when I'm um smashing it with my business that sort of thing like you might pick one thing to be summer for yes and let the other stuff just fallow in winter for a little while. And that's okay. Rather than trying to be all on all the time, because like you said, what happens is you do it so hard, you burn the candle at both ends and then it all crashes and burns anyway. Exactly. Being okay with balancing across things within your business. But also if you look at it across your entire, all the shit that's going on with your life and going, well, this is, this is up here right now, which means this bit here needs to come down or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. So it's like being aware, like really aware of like where you're at and then, and just, yeah, knowing where it's all kind of coming. Like and giving yourself permission as well. I'm also, I notice sometimes, um, I know probably only happens once every three or four months, I'll go through a period for about 10 days where I'm so super productive and I'm so on and I am like just a, a doing and creating an output making machine and I'll work until one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning for a couple of weeks straight. But I know that I can't do it ongoing. So, and I just give myself permission, like, right, I'm going to do this. But then I always have that fallow part afterwards. So yeah. I've smashed it for the last five days. I've just achieved like three months worth of work in the last five days because something clicked and it just worked and I had the energy and the you know practicalities around me that allowed that to happen. But yeah. I'm going to lie on the couch for another week and I don't want to talk to anyone. Right? Yeah. I give myself four to do that. I'm cancelling everything and don't call me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And being okay with that, that's completely, that's, it's natural. Like we, you know, if you think about cavemen, not that I'm a biologist or anything, but the, all the rhetoric about being a caveman, you like, you've smashed it. You had to run away from the tiger and then you could go and sleep in your cave for three days. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> You know, biologically, you don't have to be in any of those states for any longer or shorter than you want to be and that what feels good and doable and sustainable, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I get that because I remember like my first couple of launches that happened. But what was happening was I would go to sleep and then I would randomly wake up at 3 a.m. Yep. with a flood of ideas. And I was just going with it. Yep. I'd just go with it. I'd be up until 7 in the morning and that would be okay because yep. I would sleep during the day when the kids yeah. are at school and that would be okay. Yeah. And so I guess to, I mean, it's not, it's not great long-term like to mess up your body like that. If it's impacting you, if yeah. it's not, then fine, go with it. Yeah. But for me, it really did impact me. So I had to learn a new way of being so that I could be asleep at night and, um, you know, be away. So I'd, rather than sleeping early, I'll just wait until everyone goes to sleep. Cause for some reason I find that when everyone's asleep and the house is quiet, all of a sudden, all the energy in the world has settled yeah. and I'm just calm and I can just receive information really, really easily without the distracting energy, mm. especially with kids. You know what it's like to have yeah. kids around while you're trying to focus. That can be really hard. If they're not uh, how funny is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a really good point. And just, you know, being... Um, being receptive to, to trying out different things. I was a bit the same. I went through a period where I was waking up at between 4.13 and 4.37. It was one of those two times all every night. And so, and I'd lie there and I'd get frustrated that I couldn't get back to sleep. And then it'd be 6.30 and one of the kids would come in and then I'd be like just going back to sleep. So I ended up, you know, going through a period of, I'll, I'll get up and I'll do some work. And I was so productive for an hour and a half or so because it was quiet and it was dark and I'd make myself a nice coffee and the lights were low and all that. So it was just a really nice, yeah. time but then I kind of got into a habit I was like well I'll just take my laptop to bed so that when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning I can just start work but then my body was like no nah, we're sleeping through now and I <laughs> felt a bit like oh when am I going to do my work now I've got used to having my little lies on the couch and that sort of thing but oh, so I guess it's kind of like listening to your body and and sometimes your body's like right we need to do this thing right now and sometimes your body's like uh no we're sleeping and you know, and I, like I'd come down in the morning and get the kids ready and get them up. And then I'm like, where's my computer? And it would be upstairs because I, you know, habitually was going up there, but I wasn't actually working on it. So I wasn't yeah. bringing it down the morning. And I was like, oh, oh we're changing again, have we? We're in, a, we're in a new season, I suppose. So that's cool. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's such a beautiful way to, and it's like letting go of control, right? As well. Oh, yeah. Like really letting go of control and just allowing, um, I just think of it as like allowing 
your body to tell you what needs to be done. Mm. Like I know for me, that's a big thing every week. Um, before I start the week uh, on a Sunday night, I will meditate and just ask myself, like, what do I feel like I need um, to happen this week that is going to allow me to feel really good and really aligned through yeah. the week? And then I can, I just get the information because, um, and you know, that's something you could do journaling or meditating or whatever, but just planning, like setting yourself up for a week that you know you're going to enjoy, I think is important too, yeah. depending on your energy. Because you might have really low energy. You might not want to do all of the things that you had planned for the week and need to shift mm. some things around yeah. so that it feels good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the, my favourite questions to ask people is what are the three things that you want to spend more time doing mm. or the most of your time doing, like especially through the filter of your business or something? And 99% of the time I ask people that, they're the three things that they're spending the least amount of time doing. Yeah. Just being conscious of that and going, well, how can, I, how can I start to swing the balance? It's usually not a flick you switch overnight and you're like, stop doing all those things and start doing this. There's, you know often a bit of a plan about outsourcing some things or automating some things or stopping doing some things or whatever in order to make that a smooth transition, but not have everything completely, you know, thrown out or whatever. Yeah. But as soon as you're conscious of it, you're like, like I did this, someone asked me this probably four years ago and the three things, I can't remember what the three things were now, but it was like blogging, um, spending more time with um, like running workshops and whatever the third thing was. And there were things that I weren't doing. And I just, I, as soon as I'm like, oh, I love writing. Why do I resist writing my blogs or why do I resist writing emails and that sort of thing? What's going on? It's because I was making myself busy with all the other shit, right? Like all the yeah. things that I could have just been handing over to my VA or not worrying about it all because they weren't the right things to do. And as soon as I then start doing, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take myself off. I, one thing, one thing I changed with that immediately was I think it was every second or third week I went for a Saturday morning from about eight till 12 to my favorite cafe, put my headphones in, took my laptop, Mm. ordered my most favorite breakfast, had 4,000 coffees. And I just wrote, sometimes I wrote blogs. Sometimes I wrote faff. Sometimes I wrote emails. I just, whatever, whatever I needed to write. And just feeling like, like looking back and going, I just spent four hours at a cafe writing. I just spent four hours doing something that I fucking love doing. It wasn't like, you know, changing my entire business structure, just changing, making that one little change, changed the whole way that I felt about everything. And when that feels more balanced, Mm. automatically start like everything else kind of starts to fall into alignment right because you start yeah. making more conscious choices about how you're spending your your energy yeah, yeah. and i love that because it's like you're prioritizing what feels good yeah yeah exactly and then it goes like it comes through and people can see when there's a different vibe in your business because you've tweaked something behind the scenes i don't usually know what it is but there's yeah. there's a different it just is different it's better <laughs> yeah you show up in a different energy because you're fulfilled you're yeah. more fulfilled yeah yeah it's a thing <laughs> oh, we could talk about this for absolute days i feel like we need to have another conversation about all this especially for the kids stuff i feel like there's something going on there like how to support our kids to not go through that whole process and get it into their thirties by the time they realize they don't have to do that sort of thing as well. Well, so. well you know what? You're modeling it at the end of the day. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. They're around you. They feel yeah. that. But yeah, that's totally a conversation for another yeah, day. Cool. Thank you so much for the chat. It was awesome to connect with you again. I'm sure there's more chats like this. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, it was so good. All right, my love. Well, I will see you next time. I hope everyone who's watching and listening um, has enjoyed the conversation. We'd love to hear your feedback. So um, feel free, if you're watching or listening to the replay, pop it into the comments, ask us any questions, give us any aha moments, anything like that. Um, otherwise, we will be back at some point, probably. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Bye. Bye.